0: Radical Grove Parliament
1: Podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are here at Hooga Studio on J Street. Welcome back to the Parliament Podcast presented by Radical Grove. I am DJ Nice. To the right of me, I have Tomato Slice. To the left of me, we brought back Courtney Neesmith. Yo, yo. And in front of me, we got a very, very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is a Charlotte OG. Welcome, Smitty, to the podcast. Hey, yes. Hey, what's up? You?
2: Woohoo! Ooh. Excited for this one. Oh man, is, hey. <laughs>
0: I'm still waking uh, up. Right, we got brov in the background. Obviously. Oh bro, you can't
1: forget about brov. Brov's bruv. always here. Manny's in New York, getting drunk, doing crazy shit. Probably.
0: Where's Roche this week? Who Ooh. knows? He sent a picture of an owl. Is he just on? <laughs> is he just on Vake? He's, on, he's probably
1: on a staycation.
0: Actually, I think today's Laney's birthday. Oh. Well, happy birthday, Laney. Yeah. Right near Father's Day. Perfect, perfect, perfect for them. So right. Smitty. Yes, well, sir.
1: Well, we'll start it like this. Where are you from? Born and raised, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, That's, hey, that's rare. West Charlotte, OG. Uh-uh. The
3: Lions. West Charlotte. What's
0: the neighborhoods in West Charlotte. West Side Is that it? I don't know West Side it, no. Yeah it was Coswell South Park Byers Yo, Park I
3: was, Yeah I got bus to West Charlotte man I lived over in uh Shannon Park And like Cats on one side of my street yeah. Went to Garinger Which I could have walked to And then You know I, My side of the street Went to West Charlotte I was kind of upset about it Until like the second week of school And I was like This shit is dope <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, That's, you know, West Charlotte over Garinger. the culture.
3: Every man, West Charlotte, and yep. the I'm not gonna. I was getting ready to actually say when it was. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> back in back in that particular time, it
1: was really dope. Right. Garinger, is Garringer still around. It's yes. still around. I man. don't know. I don't know. Charlotte high schools like that. It don't matter. There's a lot.
3: It, yeah. It's I. You know. I left high school in high school. Yep, and uh, some people don't. Bro, you're (laughs) telling me I I still know I know grown folks that still go to games, man. Yeah, and and you know buy gear and stuff. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm with that. I'm all for it,
1: but. I kind of just like to lead a past in the past. Of course. <laughs> you know, those were the best of times. They were the worst yeah. of times. Sorry, you got 40-year-old men. still so talking about their high school records and Bruh. what they did. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that still happens. Uh, you know, the
3: whole Al Bundy thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Shout out to Al, man. Um. So did you do uh, college after that? No, actually, uh, I went in the military. After okay. That. I was in the Air Force Okay.
3: I was about three years
1: ago, okay. I'll just go
3: ahead. And break it. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not ashamed of my age, I'm actually celebrating it because uh, not a lot of people, uh, especially in my family. Um, hell, by the time I was 46, I would outlived my dad and both my grandfathers, and uh, wow. I'm Oof. 53 this year. Oh. So, back, uh, I graduated in '87, uh, was in the military from '87 till '94, um, and uh, came back to Charlotte. Did a little brief time in New York, which I did not like. I came back to Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: What was your job in the Air Force?
3: Uh, I was an aircraft maintenance specialist. I, was, uh, I worked on 141s, uh, C-5s, and 130s. C-130s.
0: Mm. I have no idea what a 141
3: is. It's a C-141. It's a big-ass. Was it the Galaxy? Troop, tra- is that no, that's C-5A like? as a Galaxy. I oh, worked okay. on those, too. But my primary airframe was uh C-141 A and B.
0: Whatever, you already lost me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm lucky I I know. turned wrenches. I only know C-130s from watching movies. Yeah, I turned wrenches and kept
3: planes in the air.
1: Where all did it take you? You Oh, I was stationed in Charleston for
3: um, my first four years, which was kind of crazy because I was was home all the time, man. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to my mama's house to eat. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Yeah, bro. Me and and, like two or three of my friends, they'd be crashed on the floor. My mom would like cook for us and then we'd be out clubbing all night and- yeah. come home in the morning and change clothes in the car on the way back to the base. Yep. Yeah, show up just in time for formation. <laughs> 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 yeah, I did that in my second month. After I left Charleston, I was stationed in England for two years uh, at RAF Mildenhall, which was about an hour and 15 minutes, kind of, I guess, uh, northeast of London. So I was in London, you know, two, three weekends out of the month. Uh, I was in Cambridge, which was only about, 20 minutes from where I was at. Uh, I was there. I go there during the week just to go to pubs and you know go to clubs and stuff. Dope. Yeah.
0: When were you in England? What years was 92 that? 92 to 94. So it was like right back when like rave stuff was really kicking over. let me mm-hmm. tell
3: you. Um, I... Experienced that culture firsthand, like when it was like really, really underground. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, like when I was there, you had like the shaman, you had Prodigy came out with their first big record. Yeah, you had 808 State, you had Orbital, Orbital. Oh my God! Yeah, all of that stuff. I, I can mean, nerd like, out when, on this. <laughs> I was, I was in England when when Bjork debut uh, first dropped. When she left, I was there. When um, I, so I was listening to the radio one day. I was listening to BBC. That's me. Yes, my alarm is cool. is Curtis Mayfield move on up because <laughs> Curtis Mayfield is my spirit animal. Dead ass. Um anyway, um Yeah, I was there and I was listening to the radio and they were like debuting this new song and I was like, Did they just find a like Stevie cut that I'd never heard? And it turned and they were like, you know, that's the new one from Jamiroquai. And I was like, Who
4: the ah. f- is Jamiroquai?
3: And um yeah, man, it was uh, it blew my mind. Their I was, radio, like, the is music, so ca- far ahead of, oh man, it was so well. Well, everything was charting, like you had you had dance hall reggae because back then it was Shabarangs, Buju Banton, Mega Banton. like all the first wave dance hall was just now hitting. Uh, but you listen to BBC and it, they would play that back to back with uh. Black Box back to back with oh my God, Soul of Soul was killing it Ooh. back then. But then you had the whole the the first wave of their stuff like uh, Incognito and all that uh, mm. original British uh, man. Lisa Stansfield was the bomb back then. She was killing it on everything she came out with was incredible. Uh, yeah, it was a UK back then musically was dope, dope. Yeah, super dope.
0: It's always crazy how much I used to look at the. UK hits and it'll be like these dance tracks so like like all the
3: time but I mean you I heard everything on the radio over there except American country music never heard any country music the Mm -hmm. whole time I was in the UK but I mean like they played, they played US hip-hop they played uh, a lot of Caribbean music cuz if you go to Brixton it's nothing but like West Indians and Jamaicans and Trinities and stuff I mean Word yeah. 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 Brixton, yeah, Brixton, Brixton is dope, man. Uh, yeah, it was funny. I came up, we came up out of station. We were we were trying to get to Brixton Academy, and um, I saw these big dudes, man. Like, dudes like probably about six five, like two sixty dreads. Look, man. My, I was with my friends, and they were like, "Yo, man, go go up and ask them." Uh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna send a black dude over. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. You know." Um, they were like, "Yo, man." Uh, Go up, go up, and ask some dudes which way we go. You know, because you came out, got out of train. It was kind of specific We didn't have phones that told us everything. You know, you had to like go uh-huh. online and write. Not even online. You had to just have a map and shit. You yeah. know. And so uh, I walk up to these dudes and I was like, "Excuse me, bro. Like, um, can you can you tell me which way Brixton Academy is?" And dude turned around and looked at me and he was like. Oh, yeah, right, Mike. It's over here. You're going to go down. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yo. Like this little Mike Tyson-esque voice came out of this dude. And then he was like, you know, oh, you're yanking? I'm like, uh oh, yeah, bro. Like, you know, we started talking, and then they, like, walked halfway with us. It was crazy, man. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Them dudes, I was like, this is going to be rough. I thought they were going to be rough and gruff, but they were really polite and British. <laughs> it was cool. But, uh, yeah, they have a really big, uh, you know, uh, island contingency over there, African and stuff. So that stuff was on the charts. Uh, lots of first-wave rave music was on the charts. I mean, like, you look, there was stuff like radioactive goldfish and, oh, yeah. and just crazy rave music. And I remember I used to go to this club called The Wag, which was, like, legendary. Um, it was right around the corner from, like, all the, like, mainstream clubs like the hippodrome and uh and uh and, and all that stuff and it was like right across the street from the entrance of chinatown and you would walk in and you come in and sort of in the middle and you go downstairs and it was like literally dirty underground like chicago house like uk uh back then two-step and garage you know what i'm saying and uh then upstairs, they had a, like a little glass elevator inside the building. You could, or you go upstairs. The elevator hardly ever worked, um, and if you got on it, you could get stuck, like in between floors. <laughs> and people just people looking, looking at, at you, it. And stuck <laughs> until, yeah. And uh, but upstairs was all hip hop and reggae music, like like the proper dance hall. And uh, we used to just float between the two, and it was crazy. Just the the appearance of both places. Like upstairs was kind of kind of. Glammy, nice lights and stuff. Downstairs was like naked light bulbs hanging from the ceiling, smoke, strobes, and like probably three times more sound than they should have had in a room mm-hmm. that
2: size. Rave like, days. Oh, was so good.
0: I remember kids standing right in speakers that were like, the woofer would be like
2: yeah. three okay. feet across.
0: <laughs> okay, people so, standing right in the middle of it so like, how oh, are you not That deaf.
3: was a club. I found out about raves because I was standing online at the WAG. And this chick was, like, going up to certain people in line and handing them yep. paper. And that I'm like, was. and they were and they would get out of line, and they, like, go. And I'm like, where are all these people going? And so I've been trying to chat these girls, like, a couple me and my boys are talking to them and stuff. And they kind of got picked, and they were like, they were like, I'm like, oh, y'all are leaving? Y'all aren't even going to come in? Like, we were only, like, about four people from the door. And I was like, I'm trying to go where y'all are going. And they were like, uh, oh, my wife's going to hear that anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 they, were, they were like yo come with us they unfolded the paper it actually took us to another location yep and this other location was in a part like the building was not open and they had generators and stuff and it the, was a sound system like they had a DJ with a sound system like the real, oh yeah. it was bruh real and it DJ was it was strange. so dirty so and you know I'm in the military I couldn't do it. people were like offering everything, and I was like, nah, mm-hmm. man, I'm just cool in there. You know, there was no bar. It was just like, you did what you had, you could find some water, maybe, and you, people were just going off. And I was like, yeah, yep. this is dope. I stayed there until the sun came up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Man. Was, yeah, people so don't know back in the day, Rave's like, you could get a flyer that would send you to a location, and even there, they might give like, you due due another, to another flyer location. to another location. and You could go to two different locations Dude, before you a, figure I it out. I went to a
3: party where we were going down a road, and there was, I mean, like, there was, uh, it was, there was, it was corn, I believe, uh, but we were going down a road, and I'm like, there's nothing down this road, and then all of a sudden, there was a break in the, in the field, and, like, yep. stuff was laid down, crisscross and you rolled up in there and stuff, and they had cleared out, basically, a crop circle and had, support, like, <laughs> generators and sound and were raving,
0: yep. raving. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. We used to do dope. shit like that in Colorado, it too. It was dope. I'm not going to
3: yeah. lie. That was an interesting time to to be into music. And
0: so when did you uh, start DJing?
3: Well, I got back to the States in 94 after being exposed to all of that culture and mm-hmm. moved back to Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, Were you yeah. bored? Yeah, well, I wasn't bored because, like, um, the park elevator was still around and Mythos was getting ready to open. I was talking to Andy because I've known Andy since the 80s. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm moving to a bigger space. I'm I'm doing my own thing. And uh, he was playing what I would consider back in the day uh to be like big room house music then he was way ahead of the curve uh as far as what was going on but he reported for billboard like his charts would be published in billboard magazine and stuff and he was playing a lot of underground uh house music uh more progressively big room stuff but like the first time I ever heard Lil Louis French Kiss was at what Andy was playing it and uh you know um you know he was playing like remixes of uh, Madonna's Vogue and stuff that I didn't hear hadn't heard and he had like he had like club mixes of regular songs all the time that didn't even that it would only have a bit of the chorus but the rest of it was just huge production but it lacked that soulful element that I was personally looking for um it was very New York it was wasn't very Chicago sound and it was very New York club dance and so was getting a piece of the culture, but it wasn't what I wanted to hear. And then the other side of that is that there were a whole crop of DJs that were playing at the time, but they were into break beats, like Florida breaks. Like yep. that whole thing and, and and progressive house. And I was like, man, nobody's playing the shit I wanna hear. So um Andy, uh damn, I had had to big up the big bro, man. He kinda started my DJ career when I wanted to start he heard I wanted to start spinning. And he was in record pools and they would send him all kinds of stuff that he would not play in the club and a lot of it was like so like i've got some of my first masters at work records from andy and stuff and uh a lot of uh a lot of like instrumental hip-hop and down tempo he was hooking me up with because he couldn't play it in the club so he started giving me crates, and he was like yo if you you know you get your stuff together come see me and uh I would have never went and seen him, but he actually heard a mixtape, a tape that I recorded uh, to and gave. To, I did like five of them, and I gave them out to some, a couple friends to listen to, and he heard one of them and asked me to come play at Mythos, and I was like, "Bro, I'm not gonna come play at Mythos. I go to Mythos. That's like, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> like I'm not gonna come up in there and and like." And he said, "Nah, you, you can do." So um, I wound up being a resident at Mythos for like two and a half years. I would. He, he had gotten to that point where he was, like, straight up prima donna. He only wanted to play, like, midnight to, like, three or four. So I would come <laughs> in and play from 10 to midnight. And sometimes, like, midnight, 30, because he'd go, no, 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 you got him going. You got him going. Just keep going. I'm like, bro, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he, 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 he started my career. Was that
1: your first Man. spot
3: ever? No. Well, my first spot ever was at a place that we usually don't mention out loud in Charlotte for people that know. Because, you know, it was a little actual speakeasy dive bar called Ling Ling Palace.
0: I don't even know it.
3: Yeah, you're not supposed to know about it. First I heard about it. It literally literally had a door with the slide thing that you had to knock to get in, a, a metal door. Uh, and you would walk in and it was about as big as maybe six of these, uh, rooms put together, not a very big club. And, uh, yeah, I saw some of the the craziest stuff I ever saw in my life in that, (laughs) in that place.
2: Um, and what were you playing there?
3: I was playing house music. Uh, yeah, I was, I was playing house music and I didn't have enough music to play a whole, uh, five-hour night so mm-hmm. I actually called up two of my friends Chris Tyndall. We, we started out together I knew he had some records he didn't oh, have gosh. enough to play uh you know a full five hours either so I called him and I called a friend of mine uh Matthew Childs and I was like yo man um I got this residency I'm like, you got a residency where and I was like <laughs> told him and uh they had sound and everything and and Proper DJ booth. And so we went up in there and played records uh for P- until I was just like, you know, I got to get out of here, man, because it was some ratchetry going on. <laughs> and, and <laughs> and that place. uh Yeah, there was nothing that wasn't game. And uh yeah, I, we, I got out of there quick. And um I think that Tonic maybe <laughs> happened, Tonic to tonic. the Mondos, all that. To- well, I was playing gigs at the Moon Room a lot too uh, when the Moon Room was still uptown. Uh, I I would play a few gigs up there. I was at the time I was doing like down tempo and, and like Deep Jazzy House and stuff and uh I guess kinda still do that now. But uh anyway, um Tutu Mondo's opened, uh I started DJing there. Tonic is kinda where I came into my own at I had a a residency at Tonic and Tonic is still rates in probably the top five places. Ever to yeah. be open in Charlotte uh, club wise. Yeah. Agreed. Um, had one of, it literally got uh, number three best sound system in the mm-hmm. continent when yeah. it was a uh, uh, Bill Weir designed that system. Holy shit. The place is small too. It, it was small as crap, but the sound, but it, was it, so it was so good. You could be standing directly in front of the speaker having a conversation. It was world class sound, period. Like everybody that came through and played wrote about it, talked about it. Other DJs knew about it. I i mean, I saw.
0: I never really thought about that. I guess that is what made the place, because the place was so dope, no matter what.
3: Oh, it was dope. Mm-hmm. The, the the site. The only thing that wasn't dope was that the bathrooms broke like every other week. I didn't <laughs> go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, was a patio in the back. Patio in the back with fire pits and another DJ out there. They way had, ahead they of had his a time. Ra- oh, way ahead of his time. Um, James Funderburg, uh, yep. visionary man. Um, that was one of his things. Put it together. He used to own Urban Evolution and all this stuff, and so that was his nightclub component. I, I'm begging him to, to open a new spot to do something.
0: When did Tonic open? Because I feel tonic, like that kind of place is like what is hitting now. What I, people, places are trying? People to are be.
3: trying to get that aesthetic mm-hmm. back. Um, tonic and Tutemundos are way ahead of the curve.
2: Yeah. Um, How t- long was Tonic open?
3: Roughly, it was a short run. It was like five years, <laughs> yeah, five maybe. Years. So
2: it, it was around like nine. Uh, it was like 90,
3: ni- 7, 90, 98 to maybe two thousand two, something yeah. like that. Yeah, because I was just turning twenty one.
0: I still have like, my tonic maybe um,
2: nineteen.
3: Uh, what is it, members cards? Yeah, man. So, tonic was bringing world class DJs in, and and I was getting the open for everybody that was the the first time i ever played with mark farina was there miguel miggs marcus wyatt like all these all these like big people in the house scene uh i played with king Britt there i played like they were bringing all kinds of like quality uh djs there and they were like opening set smitty you know and i got to be friends with some of those dudes and you know i remember king Britt looked at me and was like bro you, you should be doing what i'm doing like you're as good as, if not better than like, you know, ninety percent of the people I play without, you know, that have their own thing and I was like, you know, dude, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he, he encouraged me a lot, man. Mark Farina encouraged me a lot. Um that people that I looked up to were I wasn't just like their opening DJ, you know, they were like, yo, you yeah. know, I've I've had I've had Mark go play a couple more, you know, and mm. I'm like okay man you know uh <laughs> but yeah so the those are the homies man uh rich medina good friend mm-hmm. incredible dj you know we weird w- encouraged me a lot and so unfortunately i was i was raising a family man my kids were young then they're now 21 17 and 14 but back then you know i got invited to go to wmc back when it was still winter music conference um i had a i had a relationship with ohm records i got some work signed to ohm uh back in like 06 07 um actually the ohm hip-hop but they were like yo we want you to come play uh our rooftop party at wmc and it was mark farina miguel miggs king Britt. uh Those
0: are all my favorite people? yeah
3: Like it was a own party and they were like, yo, we want you to play second. Like they have somebody else open and they were like, yo, we want you to vibe out the sunset, you know, and and then the guy, and I'm like, at the time my wife was pregnant with our third child and had I had a I had a three year old and a six year old and you know going to her with this proposition of me going to hang out in Miami for a week, <laughs> this did not go well. <laughs> <so>. I, mean, <laughs>
0: I mean, you can say unfortunately I was raising a family, but which would you rather? No, have? no, no, not unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately
3: for the DJ career, man. But oh, okay, I, I yeah, actually it was sad. a blessing for me, man. Um, to, to raise a family um and it actually
0: I think it's a blessing for anybody well it actually
3: family. allowed me to hone my craft here um in a in a in a in this environment you know um and not be out on the road and and dealing with all that stuff where at a time yes. when I probably wasn't even mature enough to to handle the road uh you know like i'm I'm glad that that I it went the way that it did, you know? Um, and so I kind of built a reputation here, sort of. Definitely. Uh, yeah. um, I think a lot sorry, of
0: us are glad that it went the way it did because we wouldn't have Smitty here in Charlotte probably. Uh, thanks for
3: saying that, man. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going Huge anywhere. influence here. I, I stayed here because this is where the Lord kind of grounded me with a, a wife and kids. And... um decided that, you know, everybody was like, man, you should move to a bigger market. You should go to New York. You should do this, that, and other. And I'm like, man, I'm not, a, I, I started a family here because this is where I wanted to raise a family. The quality of life here is good. I have support. I have family. I have four seasons, you know. There's good schools. Um, all that stuff that I probably wouldn't have cared about without kids actually became, you know, primary goals and, and focuses over the DJ thing. Um, but, I you know I left the corporate world in 07 to just do this specifically um, and exclusively, and um, had figured out that that residencies were the way to to lock down you know longevity and actually make it a career. You know, um, having you know instead of just trying to find gigs at different places starting relationships with places and and having familiarity with people knowing that hey i can come see you every wednesday night at soul i can come see you you know at these different places um i might not catch you this wednesday but i can catch you next wednesday you know and uh
0: not many people can say that in charlotte even the biggest djs here can't say that i'll be there every week or i'll see you next mm -hmm. week because I mean, they rotate but, DJs so much.
3: Yeah, I, I see a lot of rotation around me, man, but people and it's not it, it's not I'm not I'm not petitioning for it. They want to lock me down. They go, "Will you be our blank DJ for this?" And uh I'm thankful for it, man.
0: Can you describe what kind of sound you have when you're DJing or like how would you describe yourself as a DJ? Man, I just play good music, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing
3: there's nothing off the table. Uh I don't I don't mess around in genres that I'm not proficient in. Like you're not gonna hear me play a country music set. I'm not gonna play um, I have people come up and ask me, can I play for instance Afrobeats? And I'm like, I'm not that's I'm not proficient in that. I don't know the music. Um I could go download the Afrobeat charts and rock it, but the 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 it wouldn't be genuine. Yeah. And um, you know, same thing with current chart based music. I don't follow it. Um I will take a gig if somebody comes up to me because there's a lot of times when people want to appropriate your skill set but have you paint with their palette. And, um, you know, for one-offs, I'll, I'll do that. You know, if you got the bag, if you're willing to pay me my my uh, private event rate and you want me to play to spec uh, and just use my mixing skills to do it, more power to you. Bring the bag, I'll go find the music, <laughs> and I'll, I'll play it, you know. Um there's a danger in that, though, because I've made fans at, at 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 gigs that I was playing for the client to spec for what they want. Like during CIAA, I played, I played some events where I was making a whole lot of money, but I was playing music that I wasn't into. It was literally chart-based. I literally went and downloaded the charts because that's what they wanted. And... I just mindlessly banged out, you know, music for a couple of hours and made fans there. And then they would see that I was playing somewhere else. And I I literally had a dude come up to me at a lounge and go, yo, man, when you going to turn up? And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) I was like, I was like, I was like, what do you mean? They were like, last time we saw you, man, you were slapped like the whole time. I'm like, where'd you see me? And they told me. I was like, man, that was for the, that was strictly for the check, bro. Yeah. Like. And they were like, "Well, you were killing it," and I was like, "It's music, dude. It's like uh, there's a there's a formula to popular music that if you understand it, and you're a DJ, and you're a good DJ, that you can apply your skill set to because it's all made the same way as you know structure with bars and intros and stuff and Chord, breaks yeah. and choruses and bridges and stuff. And if you can figure that out, then." The music's just primary colors. You paint the picture, but, you know, it's just red, blue, and yellow. You know, that's the the music itself is. But, you know, I have I have people come up and ask me, you know, can I play, you know, ragatone or soca? And I'm like, I have some of those tracks and I can play it, but I'm not going to be able to go far in this because it's mm-hmm. just not something that I have a bunch of and I'm not into. But, you know, I I, I follow current house music. I follow underground um, soul and jazz and and brazilian music and stuff like that because it's stuff i really enjoy and it's stuff i you know i listen to on my own in my private listening and so it's i present that a little bit more authentically than i would something that i'm just out there getting paid to do so
0: uh what'd you listen to on the way in here today I'm going to um, ask all three of you guys this question, actually. I
3: actually didn't listen to anything on the way in here Not today. even NPR? No, I didn't. Um, you'd be
1: surprised how often I just listen to the sound of my engine, bro.
3: Yeah. Because I'm rolling down <laughs> I'm road. not surprised
0: because I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just I like... just roll nice and quiet. Yeah. I didn't
1: listen to anything either. Me and Kieran talked the whole way here.
0: <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. Cool. What did you, you listen to on the way to ki- pick up Kieran?
1: I don't think anything. I'm just waking up, man. I just got to... That's kind it
0: of how it works. It's got to be the silent... Courtney, what you listen to? Uh,
2: I actually listened to, uh, I was listening to N.E.R.D. Um, first album uh, was it, In My Mind.
0: All right. Yeah. The
3: last thing I was probably listening to, like, when I was, was listening to something in the car, was, like, mm-hmm. that last St. Paul and the Broken Bones record, which oh. is fire.
0: I listened to Funkadelic and Slave. Oh, well, uh, I
3: mean, I played Funkadelic and Slave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't yeah. get to play it that much, so I listened oh, to it. Oh, man. That's... But,
3: the, oh, man, that's the beauty uh, of... That's one of the things I love about where I'm at right now and my thing musically is that people give me autonomy to just do what I want to do. And yeah. so I, you might hear Funkadelic and Slave. I'm, I'm and trying
0: to get there. I'm trying to get there again. Again. I was about to again, say again, again because
3: you were there at one point. Yeah, there was a point. point where you were... I mean, you were calling me to get me to cover gigs for you.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time, so, yeah.
3: Like all the time. It's just like, yo.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get there again. I'm pushing away a lot of gigs, and people notice. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> people in the room notice that I'm like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with doing that. Bro, you like totally disappeared for a while. Oh, I quit for a while. No, I like mean, I was I know. telling Courtney that. Yeah, I know. Too.
3: You totally disappeared. I for quit a while. for a
0: while. Somebody tried to get, I remember talking to, I was telling Courtney this, and then somebody I was working for was like, you need to start DJing again. I thought about it, and I was like, I don't want to go out and DJ in public. I'm I'm like sitting there crying, thinking about like literally tears coming down my face, thinking about DJing in public and having to go through the bullshit of somebody putting their thumb on me, telling me what to do, what to play, this, that or the other thing and not being able to get up there and just play like Curtis Mayfield or Isaac Hayes or some shit like that. I don't have a single
3: gig where I don't get to just play what I want to play. And I mean, that's over time. I remember the other days, but I kind of... Emancipated myself, and I didn't. I just don't want to play anywhere where I can't do me. If you hire me, please hire me to do me. You know, yeah. um, that's that's just that's just kind of how it is, and that's what people do. They, you know,
0: I gotta say, it's hard for a lot of DJs in Charlotte to find a kind of gig that lets you just do you. It's really hard.
2: One hundred percent, and I, I think for Smitty, you know, one thing for him, his tenure, his his reputation, kind of precedes him to where people are cool with it, they're comfortable with it. Unfortunately, for a lot of venues I find that when somebody does want to come in and they're not a smitty and they they kind of want to, you know, paint their own experience, well, you can't
3: play ab- above the room. You have to yeah, you have you to know. play it has to it has to be in context. You have to throw people uh, bones. I mean, you have to you have to ground your set i don't care how experimental or enlightening you're being you have to ground it with something that they can vibe to um and you have to be able to read a room you know so i i when I play it, like, I like playing brewery gigs and stuff where it's like totally open format, you know, and I'm playing and then somebody walks through the room with like a Cure t-shirt on and I'm like, oh, I'm going to drop some yes. Cure or, exactly. you know, <laughs> this dude. The worst, though, is when somebody's wearing something like, you know, I don't know, New Order Substance 87 t-shirt and you drop something off that record and they don't even flinch and you're just <laughs> like, you got, the, you got that at Target. Yeah. Man, you don't even know. Yeah, they're wearing a misfit shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruh Like it's for real That You know I mean Even people wearing like Even more mainstream stuff Like Guns N' Roses Like they couldn't tell you One Guns N' Roses song I I'm hate like, it
1: Like yeah. I, You see those videos Where you go up like They go up to people And like yo Name five songs By that artist And they're like I'm Like why are you wearing the, why, why? That that shit irks me More than anything In the world Like it's, It'd be like You were it Cause literally It's funny you said You were listening to NERD And you got the shirt on It'd be like It's me coming up to you And be like name five tracks and you'd be like uh uh, 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 i don't know okay one one time i was playing uh i was playing the
3: jackson's uh heartbreak hotel which slaps dude and this chick walks up to me and goes can you play something good like you know Michael Jackson or something. I'm like, please step away from
0: my mood. And I was gonna ask you earlier if anybody ever comes up to you and says, "Can you play something good or that we can dance to?" Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, I doubt uh, that happens. Not
3: much. No, I don't. I don't have that. I mean, sometimes it's amateur night and and people, you know, can only dance one kind of way. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, they only dance to trap music. So if you're not playing trap music, they. I can't yeah. twerk to this.
0: Yeah. I was at a place recently and I said, Can you play can you not play any R and B this week? And I was like, What?
3: Oh, okay. Could you
0: not play what they want to hear? I was like, Oh, fuck
3: off. Yeah. It's, Leave me alone. It's a trap. <laughs> I'm man. done. That's a trap.
0: But I also think a lot of people can't really do them because one, they don't have the musical knowledge of it. I hate to say it. That's true. A lot of people aren't old enough and they only know what's on the radio or what's on what on Spotify or something. True. And they also say, the other thing is, a lot of people, I don't think they have the soul to do it, or the depth, or the passion. I don't know how else to describe it in that, Bruh, in that People way.
3: get into, people. Get, a lot of people get to <laughs> DJing for different reasons, you know. Some people get into for the perceived, like, you know, popularity, you know, for, for women, for drugs, for, you know, to whatever. I mean, I got into it for a passion of music yeah. like none of those things exactly. even mattered to me you know I wanted to the first time I heard a set that like literally blew me away well not the first time but the I remember going to see um Mark Farina at Beyond Four up in Winston-Salem and uh these were huge rave parties back in the day at the Millennium Center. And he played in the basement. They had, like, Rabbit in the Moon and some other play- people playing upstairs. I mean, huge lineups. Rabbit in like, the Moon is awesome. Uh, yeah. Anyway, once. Rabbit in the Moon is awesome once to see. <laughs> because yeah, I, saw, I saw him again... <laughs> A year and a half later, same exact stage show, same props, same everything. I was just like, okay, so I saw it once. Mm. I don't ever need to see it again. Uh, But Farina played in the basement. And this dude played, at the time, he had uh, this house mix out called Seasons One. And he had just come out with this little mix called Mushroom Jazz. And was that the was that the official the Mushroom one. Jazz? That was the first one, first mushroom Jazz ever. Well,
0: because before that there were mixtapes. No, yeah, the I mixtape. No, this is the I, the I know those. I know those. Sick. Those, yeah, way, this way was better the, than the, yeah
3: the the commercial yeah. first one. But uh, I mean, which was recorded live, one take, the uh, one that he put out. But it was still still commercial. Anyway, man, <laughs> it, dude, it was dope because he played like three hours of house music, and then as a the sun was coming up. He the, he let the record totally wound down and when it got to the BPM, he dropped this cut that like at the time nobody had heard before and it was Erica Badu's Own and Own. Mm-hmm. And he dropped that and then he mixed out of On and On into uh had just come out um Janet Jackson's, uh, the Joni Mitchell's uh, uh, Don't Know What It Was Like Until It's Gone. And mm-hmm. then he started playing. He's, it was the dopest thing. I literally came back to mm-hmm. Charlotte uh, that day, and, and uh, the very next Monday I found a set mm-hmm. of uh, 1200s at the Quick pawn on, um, mm-hmm. on Central, when it was on Central, and put them joints on layaway. <laughs> and was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Dope. It was the first time it was ever art for me. Because yeah. the way he was mixing and remixing on the fly and stuff, I was like, yep. I want to do that.
0: Those mushroom jazz tapes, for me, like, I learned all kinds of mixing just from listening to those and fucking around. Without just, a doubt, man. Like, with turning the turntable off. Yeah. and, and Stuff like yeah, that that like, you just described. Uh, I learned so much from that. He
3: was killing it. And I was just like, who's this little dude, man? He's just, like, wrecking shop. And... Uh, then, uh, you know, fast forward, like, two years later, I was opening up for him, and now I have played with Mark. Like, I'm actually getting ready to play with Mark uh, August 27th at Basement. Oh, nice. Uh, again, for, like, maybe the ninth time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the homie, man. I love playing with him.
0: That's the nice thing about DJs, too, back in the day. I'm not sure so much anymore, but... You could pretty much call any huge DJ then or get their phone number and oh, yeah. talk to you.
3: Oh and uh, yeah, like, exactly. Good
0: luck tr- trying to call uh, David Guetta or you know, he used Calvin to Calvin Harris yeah, or shit like that. Yeah,
3: David Guetta used to actually be a properly decent DJ back before <laughs> he back before he got really big, you know. He yeah. was playing. Dope. Good luck calling upset. him now. Cascade used to be a really And I mean, he's still technically a dope DJ, but he doesn't, when he was doing the stuff with Ohm and Naked Music and stuff, like he was making really tasteful stuff. But now, I mean, his music sounds like he's got like a template that he just like slaps in this vocalist with and it's like the same song. Mm -hmm. But, you know, big, big respect to his older stuff. I mean, I got a lot of it on vinyl. All
0: right. I got a lot of stuff on vinyl. I too. know you do, man. <laughs> oh, I remember. I That's remember. That's the running joke with these. guys. I, saying,
1: I, I think it's literally every. It's brought up every single episode. That, you got that on vinyl? Yes. Yes. I, do. I don't have any Cascade. I vinyl. remember
3: when we used to roll up carrying our hand trucks of vinyl to play at gigs. It's like six crates of God, records. Geez, oh, Jesus, I used God. to hate going. Man, going. Remember when the DJ booth? Was in the ceiling at uh, Mythos, and you had to go up that spiral staircase yep. carrying your records and yes. you to put them on the pivot and just sort of. <laughs> walk. Yes, but no. It's the reason
0: why is because I, when I booked it, I was booked at Mythos. You I was booked for like room. four. No, I was booked for like four to eight hour long sets yeah. with WizKid, and we were on the stage on four turntables. Okay, yeah, they
3: would put you guys on the stage, and so if you ever went up in that ceiling, it was weird too because the uh, the the turntables were floating. They yeah. weren't suspended and, uh, which no vibrations ever. Like you could have that
0: place. They did that at liquid lounge. Yeah. I remember that. I remember watching I was somebody DJing and, and the whole thing swayed. Swaying. And I was like, I must be really drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sit down. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah.
3: I opened up liquid lounge, me and Matt Bullock. Yeah. Matt Bullock. I do not know yeah. if you could say his name. But, yes, uh, you can. Anyway, uh, we're the first two residents there. I had Friday nights. He had Saturday nights and, uh, we we had fun, man. That was that was cool.
0: Liquid Lounge is another good spot too. It was a
3: good spot. It was like New York style because it was shotgun. It was really narrow but long. Yep. And uh, then they had that back patio and Chris Tyndall be out there playing on the back patio. So man, we had. That was back when a club could just be an underground club. They you know when everything went commercial and 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 bottle service and stuff, the whole underground just got. I mean, you could maybe get a night somewhere, but back then there were clubs that that's just what it was. And they might have a hip-hop night on a Tuesday or something like that, but the whole, you know, thing flipped and and we got pushed to the back. And, you know, that's when I actually went, uh, had to reinvent myself and kind of go more open format and stuff and and start playing, you know, (coughs) music I still like, you know. Uh, the music that I like, but just more in a in an open era, because back then I was, I was a house elitist dude. I'm not gonna lie. That minute. was a turntableist elitist. Yeah, I was a house elitist and, and house, you know yeah. house and down tempo. It was like strictly underground stuff. I didn't play any commercial stuff. I didn't play any even underground remixes of commercial stuff. I was just like, <laughs> yo, I'm banging. Didn't <laughs> <out." We> even <laughs> have them then. Yeah, I mean everything came out with had some sort remember. of remix on it, but yeah, and it's just like. You know, when when people start out, they all want to. When you first DJ and you fall in love with it, everybody wants to be a turntablist. And you know, I started out trying to cut and scratch, and I mean, I got decent and proficient. But then I was like, you know, when I really got into the club music, I I found out that that all of those antics didn't suit keeping a dance floor going for four hours, which is what people wanted me to do. And so, I really got deep into. And to the mixing and blending the mm-hmm. music together, you know, yeah. that's that's what I did, and I let the turntablist be the and Yeah, you, you know. can't be a
0: turntablist and like, well, I, I I've, some, see, I've you seen, seen it can't not show go. I've, I've yeah. seen
1: it not go over well. I man, at, yeah. I mean, I do a lot at of clubs. Like clubs, they'll, they'll try to do too much, and it's like. The, the majority of the crowd doesn't get it. They don't know what's interested. going on. No, yeah, other, DJs
3: are, other DJs in the room going, yo, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. But the people on the dance floor are yep. like, whatever. Exactly.
0: Uh, I mean, when I do it, I still do a lot of it. People don't know it because any little bit you learn about turntables will help your mixing yeah. 10 times as much. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that I do. That people don't realize that I'm doing no, it no, came no, I straight get that. from turntables. I get
3: that. I mean, like Jazzy Jeff's the perfect example. He's like a perfect blend of being able to mix, and all of his cuts and stuff are tasteful. He's not, you know, running the same yep. track back and forth. Oh, so no, that. I don't He's do not that. Losing Juggling back, in the middle bro. of a club no, set, no. And... But you I, can't
0: hear me when I do it.
3: I know some dope. That's how you. That's when you know you're good. Yeah. I know some people that are, quote unquote, dope turntablers that could not mix a glass of quick, bro. They could not. <laughs> mix (laughs) like yeah i've seen
0: people do that i've known hip-hop djs in charlotte i'll get up there and mix b-boy stuff and i'll be mixing it and mixing house music and they can't do shit then they get up there and they try to mix and their beats will go way off yeah it's just trying to be like me and i'm like it's not working don't do it
3: (laughs) 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 no i respect you uh forrest you've always been a dope dj you know i mean like straight up i'm that's all i'm gonna say about that i've always had mad respect for you and and what you do and, and your ability yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you were a cynical son of a bitch for a long time. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Really? You
0: know, yeah. I like, never would have heard that. No.
2: <laughs> and he said was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was confused
3: no, you there. Guys, you guys are, this is a much kinder, gentler forest than 15 years ago. Yeah. Without a doubt. True. Ages yeah. mellowed him out. And he's still a curmudgeon, but dude, he's definitely not anywhere near as as, you know, at yeah. all. I used to literally be like Forrest was like one of those dudes on the Muppet sitting up in the balcony. That's <laughs> that's he's if there was two of him, they would just sit there and slag the whole time.
0: That's how Roché and yeah. I had actually pitched this podcast <laughs> to begin with. I swear to God, he that's did. How,
3: yeah, bro, I'm telling you. Yeah, I've known this dude for a long time. We came up. We actually came up in the scene together. Different trajectories, but definitely together. Yeah, you yeah, you know.
0: You know what's funny though? Somebody said a while ago. Like and I remembered this. They're like, you know, you might not like the way Tomato Slice says, but he's right.
3: <laughs>
0: like, you don't like the way he says it, but he's right. I've always been like, yo, just let him
3: shut up and play, dude. <laughs> like, if he's, when he's playing, he's perfect. He's doing his thing. He's yeah. perfect. But yeah, don't don't get into like a, a heated discussion. <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> oh not God. at all, unless you got time.
1: He yeah. wants to be in here before, during, and after having arguments. I'll and go way us. too you know deep. No, doing? I don't want to argue about anything. <laughs> no, just I always with me. just go, yeah, just no. <laughs> yeah, just no for us. We're cool, but yeah,
3: just no.
0: I don't recall <laughs> ever arguing with you about shit. No, nah, not, not arguing, but I will, I'm not.
3: we've never argued, but I have definitely had to listen to you, bitch.
0: Oh, yeah. Who oh, hasn't?
3: Yeah,
1: everybody.
0: I mean, come on. Yeah. I have a t-shirt at home. I should wear it from colorado we used to have make t-shirts out there that said the house music sucks or i love house music there's a shirt that they made for our dj crew that says forest is a bitch yeah <laughs> or it says dj forest is a bitch i can't remember which one it has yeah, but i'll wear yeah, it yeah it's oh funny. man
1: you pick up a phone call from forest an hour later yeah man yeah i know <laughs> i know but i always yeah. have to at this point yeah would, yeah but
0: you know what do i say at the very end Bye. No, no. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, you just said no, that. You you that. Because I know, sucks. I know it but it's sucks. Because I know it sucks. And I am super thankful when somebody answers the phone. <laughs> Cause, cause, I call you a call for a reason. Yeah. because
3: <laughs> I, knew, I knew when I got the text, I'm like, okay, Forrest wants. Like, He's just like, hey, smoothies, Forrest. <laughs> <It's> tomato <laughs> slice. He said, no, he said it's slice. And I was like, okay. And I was gigging. And I was like, I usually don't even mess with phone calls in a gig. But I'm like. Dude, this dude ain't down my number in a long time. Let me let me let me, <laughs> let, me, let me, let me, let me. I'm texting, you know, people are like partying on the lake and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, I mean, what's up? And that's how I'm, that's how I'm here. Well, so Pretty you soon. said
1: you uh, did the corporate thing and you quit in 07. What were you doing? I was in
3: music because I was uh, actually putting together, um, I was putting together a custom playlist for clients for Muzak and Mood Media. I oh, did. sure, okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, they have their. A lot of
0: people used to work they have their Mosaic.
3: Yeah. I was the first Charlotte person that they hired because uh, actually Tudomandos, they all the executives were coming here. On, they were moving the whole company here from Seattle, and they were bringing the executives here to look at houses and and stuff like that. And one of their uh, sponsors brought them to Tudomandos, and I was just doing my thing one night, and they sat there and drank for hours. And all of a sudden, this uh, group of them came up, and they were like, "Yo, yeah, man! Like, you know, we're from West Coast, we're from Seattle, and you're like." Really laying down dope vibes, and the way you're putting this music together is dope. Um, what do you do during the day? And I was like, Uh, I don't do anything right now, you know, I'm bartending and spinning records. And they were like, Uh, would you like to put together? And so, anyway, they invited me to come out to Musag, and um, I had met with uh, this dude Alan Collins and this other dude Ricky O. Woods, they were like the most heady music people I've ever met before in my life. Uh, total Music Sounds. They were directors of the quote-unquote audio architecture department, and uh, they grilled me and and they they hired me. I was like, I, they hired me before they even got moved here, and so I had to wait on them to get here. And then um, I wound up doing a bunch of custom programming. Like they have their channels that you know, if you, if yep. you buy their service, mm-hmm. you can you mm-hmm. can just go, hey, I want '90s pop, and you just turn on that channel but uh a lot of uh a lot of high-end clients want a custom playlist they don't want the same thing that um is playing everywhere else playing there so i was doing custom playlists for uh fredericks of hollywood french connection uk marriott brands and taylor stores and taylor loft uh all these different places i was putting together you know these these dy- dynamic uh playlists for them like you know every month and um working with you know some things weren't specific i learned a lot about just music in general and i learned to appreciate a lot of things that i would just not have picked up and listened to uh on my own and uh that was a good time i worked there for about seven years in person from 99 to 2007 and then uh i was a uh, independent contractor from them working for Home for a few years after that. I, but when I left the corporate world in 07, I left Muzak, which was dope. I was making a lot of money for for '07, had you know 401k insurance and stuff. And um, I was like, you know, I really felt like, and I'm not to be religious. I consider it spiritual. I'm, but I felt like the Lord was telling me that I could do what I'm doing now, and that and if I didn't trust myself than and this i'll say gift that he's given me because i've i've not i've honestly never had to strive to figure out how to mix and stuff it's just like once i got on turntables and figured it out it just was there um and it happened quick and so um I realized that it was a gift, that it was something that I had to act upon to unlock, to, to actuate, you know. And once I did, I was like, okay, this is the path. And so I left the corporate world, 07, to DJ full-time. And, uh, you know, I had a, I've had had a few part-time jobs along the way. I was blessed that uh, I got hired from Apple before I even left music to work, uh, like, 20 hours a week, which is what I wanted to do. I was like, I'll just work somewhere like 20 hours during the day. And it was Apple, which was cool because I got my first Mac then and all this stuff. Um, But, you know, I did that and then I just hustled gigs. And and when when I say hustle gigs, I, I, you know, took a few different like residencies and, you know, had a night here, a night there. And I was like, if I can just get to the place where, you know, I can pay my rent, pay my bills, between these two things without having the corporate, even though I was doing music, it was stressful. Um, Deadlines, people having writer refusal of songs, people not understanding their own brand and like not knowing that the music, they want to hear this. Oh, this is my favorite song. I'm like, bro, it's not on brand for Mm -hmm. what you want to do. Cause a lot of the times I was working with, uh, you know, the person that got a music approval was like a marketing person or a visuals person and stuff, you know, and so since they were a creative at their brand, they got tasked with approval and, and dismissal of the music. Um, but, and, and they would want things for personal reason and not understand that that's not a, uh, that's not on brand. And so then then you build a relationship and then they get to trust you and they know and stuff, but, you know. You know, it's still stressful working under deadlines. And, uh, you know, this, being a DJ, being a full-time DJ, you're responsible for and you're in control of how much or little money you make. Uh, you know, skill, big business acumen, all those things come into play. Because uh, I know a lot of skilled DJs who can't do the business part of it. They can't go talk to clients. They don't know how to to sell themselves, their services, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and they just don't know how to get gigs. you know. They got all of the skill in the world, but they don't know how to get gigs. And then I know some people that are obviously really good and have silver tongues because I see them out playing all the time. And it's not that good. It's <laughs> not that good. I uh, I think
1: the same thing, but I just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I, I never – man.
3: I mean, never, you see never. somebody on
1: a flyer, you're like – Yeah, I never knock right. another man's hustle, yeah. man. Like I'm like, he out there getting it. You
0: know, nope. he's out there getting it. I don't uh, even pay attention anymore, frankly. Me neither. So,
1: I, I mean, you know, so, I mean, something works. She's just like, I mean, it's just networking. That's all
2: it, it, it is. It and that's down really to. all it is is networking. I mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, you, you know. even have people out there that are really good and they talk themselves out of it. Yeah. Oh, I know, had, because. I
0: do it every damn day.
2: You know, from, <laughs> you know, booking, you know, right now with Radical Grove, but being a GM and a manager in other places and, I'm just like this person's good, but I don't want to have to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know some people that I'm like, he's
3: really dope. Just let him play. Don't don't talk to him. Have his money. Get him. You know, let him do his thing. And this and another. He's he's not gonna have a conversation. He might not even look you in the eye, but uh, he's gonna do the music thing really well.
0: Yeah, I've Um, had that talk with many, not many, but quite a few owners and managers of bars and stuff. And I'm like, let me do what the fuck I do. If you don't like me, fire me, or don't have me back next week. I'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't yeah. fucking talk to me. Just let me do my job. Peace. Ta-
3: you know, I was kind of low-key talking about you just now, I, I just don't want to <laughs> mention you by name. But, uh, it but, doesn't happen so much anymore, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, personality is a, ba- you know, a whole nother club in your bag as a DJ, you know, um, along with, you know, your... You got skill, you got musical taste, and then you have the whole business side. And if you can, if you can marry any part of those three things together, you can be, you know, you can be successful. You know.
1: And then these days, your vibe too—just your overall, like your looks. Your, yeah, 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 that, that, that does yeah. a lot these days too. Yeah, it's a—it is a cool thing.
0: I feel like it's where Radical Grove looks a lot at how you guys are standing, and you need to smile some more, or something like that. Like. I feel like you guys look at your DJs and Mm -hmm. and think, "What presence are they having behind the decks?" Look, man. What the A lot of people don't do that.
3: You guys have like a stable of like, like champion racehorses. That's how I look at Radical Grove. It's like, it's like, as far as collectives go, y'all, y'all would probably be like the Wu Tang of DJ uh, collectives (laughs) because it's like there's so many of you, but they're all good at what they do. Some are good at certain. Just some of them them are not one-trick ponies, but some of them, for specific things, are really dope for. Uh, But then you have some really versatile dudes who can just do whatever. Uh, Yeah, I I totally respect the lineup. I always look at it and go, yeah, it's quite... quite I think they're
0: all very versatile, No, frankly. they're
3: they're all really... uh, Amazing. Yeah, I mean, but some of them just time and service knowledge. They don't have the musical depth. They're versatile. That's correct, But I'm just talking about musical depth. They...
2: You know, you, that's about. That's all I'm gonna say about that. They're all dope. Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're appreciate all dope. that. Yeah, they're it's, all dope. Total respect. You know, and at, at the end of the day, you know, one of the things that we're, you know, kind of our focus for the year is to kind of create those atmospheres and those workshops and those situations to where yep. that. Take everybody's you know strong points and see if we can you know make each other better, make yeah, each man. other grow. But even time, you know no. even outside of Radical Grove, you know other people in the industry, you know just you know build those connections to yeah 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 where mean, everybody grows. Yeah man, I'm I'm all about it.
3: Respect.
1: Who, who Respect. are some of, some of your favorite uh, Charlotte DJs? Then. Oh man,
3: Jeez. Um, that's 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 a loaded question. Um, <laughs> Some of my favorite DJs don't DJ anymore. Mm. Um, there's some there's some dope people. Like uh, I didn't know Forrest was back out there, so he would have been. In, he would have probably been in, on my top ten list.
0: Uh, I'm back out there, but nobody. Well, knows. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I, just, I just found. <laughs> and out. I don't tell anybody. I
3: mean, but there's 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 people that will wreck you that found comfort and joy in other areas of life uh, to where you know that they didn't have the foresight or whatever or, or the driver determination to, to try to do this professionally full time and they've got success other places There's, dude those the, Jamie and Nick Fideli will, will yeah. literally take anybody I know out on Man. on vinyl they never even played digital yeah and
0: uh. no they did they actually got me into digital oh really With at the end that was that was yes. that was
3: Nick that was not Jamie Jamie's oh, yeah. Jamie's nick and, an and bob shaver yeah bob Sha- bob shaver another dude he was my tag team partner for like six years mm. every time i mean we did so many gigs together yeah uh, these are all djs and,
0: you guys might not have ever heard yeah of.
3: because they aren't in oh. they're not out anymore and they were beautiful djs like, uh. but it, okay it but, hurts
0: my heart like they're so good they're
3: so good like so good like um you know really good um uh, current crop i mean like a minor is a superstar Andre's dope just yep. all-around dope dope human being uh, dope DJ really just dope DJ man but really dope human being um, Chris is dope you know Trife is dope um, these are dudes that are like big personalities too they're they're kind of they kind of got the rock star thing going on along with their skill set and all that stuff um, there's who are, oh man there's so many people uh, Dude, Jason Cooper, the whole everybody, uh, Jeff Nagel, Chris, Jeff Nagel, Chris. See, Andy Castanas. An, oh, Andy Costanis is still one of the dopest DJs. Period. Period. Without a doubt. But I think
0: I probably learned more from Andy Costanis. Andy Costanis is a dopey,
3: especially. I mean, vinyl uh, almost untouchable. He's really that good. Um, but you know, when you when you're a, you know dope entrepreneur and you got you know <laughs> <Yeah>. restaurant <laughs> concepts and stuff that are doing really well, <clears throat> yeah. you know, you just kind of. He's kind of faded to the back every once in a while his index of uh of recreational drinks will get to the point where he'll come up <laughs> while i'm playing and be like hey put me something on i can spin and i'm like all right cool bro like That's get on here like yeah <laughs> give me a chance to." on vinyl bathroom. too on vinyl yeah He just whatever Um That's some
0: skills i have lost
3: <laughs> yeah i still play vinyl at the crib I, I love it i i got a little rotary mixer at the crib so uh, uh, i yeah, i have to have to get my my Amazing. thing on but um
0: Rotary mixers are the best for mixing house music. Yeah, for house music because it's just smooth,
3: nuanced, and gradual, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, like um, all the Gravitate dudes, like Steve Howardson is dope. Uh, Charles Galling is really dope. Um, like on the underground side, those dudes are really dope DJs. Um, I mean, you got like everybody in Radical grows though. Roche is dope. All these dudes are dope. I mean, like, y'all are all dope. Uh, but my favorites, uh, my my current tag team partner, uh, Jason Cooper, is a really good DJ, Von Funkhauser. Yes. Uh, he's a really solid DJ. He's tasty. His blends are good. Um, we complement each other well. We do a lot of gigs together. Um, Does he use Tractor, by any chance? Nah, he's a Serato dude. Must be confusing. He's a Serato dude. Okay, tra- Tractor, Justin Aswell. Mm. Justin Aswell is a really good DJ. He's a DJ that can play... Almost any environment, almost any anything, uh, you know. I mean, he can go like he does. He does stuff that I can't, or not can't, but won't. I'm not interested in doing. But I've heard him play commercial sets where I'm like, dude, I can. I, this is very listenable. You're doing. It. Yeah. But then I've heard him play deep esoteric lounge sets that I'm like, okay like and dude his, his production and his mixing of uh, of uh, people's tracks and stuff he's making people's music sound good in the studio um, Not definitely not gonna forget the Hazy Sunday crew those dudes are dope yes. Will Ray both solid good DJs and, and they're doing it on vinyl you know a, few, a couple times a month they're really good everybody bringing in is really good um Couple old dudes out here, like Ali uh, Long's another dude that every time he might not play records for months or at a time, but he'll come out. And you know, if you think you play techno, you really don't play techno. You need to <laughs> yeah. go, you need to go, <laughs> yeah, you need to go <laughs> hear Ali Long play
0: techno. Speaking of this. techno, do you remember a guy that was here named TJ Hicks back, yeah, TJ Hicks? He's over in Vienna right
3: now, <sighs> and he is killing it,
0: dude. This is a guy that I would watch him DJ. And what he did sometimes didn't make any sense to me, but it was absolutely amazing. He's the most the technically things.
3: proficient DJ I've ever seen. And he played
0: techno. Yeah, he like would do these things that proficient. just. Like, I was like, "How did he just do what he just did?"
3: <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, you're doing math, bro. That's like, you know." Cause yeah, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, too, I, back I learned in a lot from day. him. He's really dope. Like they, he, they used to. I've actually been told that I'm the more soulful. Like <laughs> he's, he's, def, he's definitely. This techno. guy,
0: this guy could mix offbeat, and it would be fucking amazing. It would amazing. be amazing. Like and it would he sound would,
3: beautiful. He would like you know everybody else mixes on the one. He'd figure out. He'd be yeah. like, "Yo, I can hit this on the quarter or the half." That's what and, I learned. And create a whole different yeah. like polyrhythm, and not only hold it but make it
0: perfect, beautiful, really amazing. good. I'm just like. I, one time I watched I him mixing two do. records together, and they were on beat. And he just grabbed the one on and the right and stopped it and just went, a little bit. No, just pulled it back for like yeah, one beat. Like a one, one beat. <laughs> and then it and it was put back do, on beat. Do, do, do. Yeah. And it was.
3: Yeah, he's <laughs> bad.
0: It was fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, so he like this is the stuff you guys miss with that with turntables. He's tables. still doing.
3: He has a, he te- he's a professor, uh, a vinyl professor over in Vienna. They doing, have
0: a vinyl professor.
3: Oh, uh, bro, he's got students and stuff, and they're oh, wow. and he like throws parties and workshops and and stuff but yeah he's still dope God. disgusting <laughs> yeah but uh I learned a lot yeah from him yeah there. yeah so. i learned a lot from him too but yeah ollie's dope uh Lee Lolly. yeah i was about yeah, to say those Adverb, dudes yeah. and like they're, these are dudes that, that aren't out playing in the clubs all the time these are dudes that are having little nights uh cody yeah is really dope He's yeah, I need to get real, him on the schedule. He's a really dope DJ, man. Me up this week. He's he's man, he's he's a dope DJ. Cody's a really dope DJ. I didn't, I didn't even like Cody when I first met him because I tried to walk. <laughs> out. Like, well, I story. He's playing on the playing on the patio at uh, at uh, Snug Harbor, and uh, I usually don't pay anybody attention. And I'm like sitting there talking to some people, you know, had a couple shots, and the whole time. I'm just like, in the mixes, I'm like, I'm like, okay, who is this dude? So I, I walk up. And it's this tall, skinny white dude. He's got his, his hair. is just down in his face and, you know, all this stuff. And I, I, <laughs> I walked up to him to say, hey, man, you're really killing it. You're doing a dope job. I got about four feet from his desk, and he gave me the Heisman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> up, gave oh, me the freaking Heisman. He goes, I go, I go, dude, I just came to take. He goes, no, no, no. He's like, man, just like, he did. And so I talked <laughs> to him later, and he said it was because he was nervous. He was like, you know, like really having to concentrate because this was years ago. Yeah. And it was one of the first times I'd ever seen him play out
0: um, on vinyl, too.
3: On vinyl, too. And, oh, yeah. I, and he was just like, uh, he but he, was he, like- he, didn't need anything to mess up his fun we And we we're, were like, you know, he's my boy now. He's like <laughs> the little brother. But, uh, you yeah, know, he gave me the straight up. Heisman, <laughs> and, and you know, and he didn't know who I was. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, how the fuck you gonna be DJing around here? You don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but he was young, was and I mean, like, I don't even know if he was 21. Well, you know, he was young. And
0: uh he was twenty one because I remember. Yeah, he was he was old enough.
3: Yeah, and uh yeah, but he gave me the Heisman, man, and I just let it ride, and I was like, all right, cool. I went and sat back down and and like enjoyed the rest of the set, you know, because I'm not a prima donna. I don't care if you don't know who I am. But
0: I remember him because he comes in Plaza Midwood, yeah, <laughs> DJing and yes. didn't know who I was, which is kind of weird. But, um, but he was also probably mixing like really hard records, to mix, like Orbital and 808 State or something like. like probably
3: that. I don't I don't remember what he was playing, but it was dope. And I wanted to tell him, and he didn't want to hear it. He used to come. Probably did not at that time.
0: <laughs> he used to come man. to Central Records, and I'd be like, "Who is this guy buying this record that I don't have? And why don't I have this record?" Yeah, man. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. He's he's dope. He'd find records that I didn't even know were there, and I'd be so pissed. Yeah, he's always been a heady, like
3: savant kind of musical dude. Um, I I appreciate him. But anyway, there's a lot of dope DJs in Charlotte. Actually, I would say that we have a concentrated level of talent, and have so for a couple of decades that rivals any city in this nation, if not in in the world. There's some dope musical savants in this town. Production and. (laughs) DJ-wise, and they just, for whatever reason, swim in this pond, they're not trying to go upstream, they're not trying to do whatever, they're just doing their thing, you know? For whatever reasons, like I like I said, people used to tell me all the time, and people still tell me all the time that I need to be somewhere else, but this is where I'm at, and this is where I'm doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and you know, Lord has blessed me to have this, and to be able to do this here, in a market that, on paper, probably shouldn't support me working full time and only doing this, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? And I feel like talking about like, you know, having dope DJs, I feel like service industry as a collective here is really dope compared to anywhere. Yeah, like our
3: staff, our bartenders, we Mm -hmm. have world-class bartenders here. I mean, you know, look at Bob Peters, look at people like that that are internationally known. And he, you know, he works out his garage.
1: Yep, (laughs) and that's that's why we do this to make sure that we put a spotlight on people like you, people like Bob, you know. To yes. put it out there for the world to see. That way, you know, once it gets steam and, and once we we get to that level, that they can always go back and listen to these and be like, who are these guys? You know, what do they do? And then, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, hopefully, people realize how dope Charlotte actually is. Yeah, Dude man, shit. it's like uh, people don't realize. Everybody thinks that that
3: what's going on right now, especially uh, with the underground sound. Is new and it just happened, and this is like the second coming of the underground. The before the cabaret laws, the 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 '90s to oh. early 2000s, Charlotte was definitely on everybody's touring stop. It was a stop to come to. It was clubs that I mean, I remember many a time, you know, walking out a club and seeing people on the way to church, and I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because you you know you had to have the you could they stopped serving it too they would literally flip the lights on for like 10 minutes at 2:30 cuz all drinks had to be cleared and then you could party until the sun came up or yep. till the next day yep. or till whatever and uh,
0: especially with Fort Mill right there people could do it yeah man people and then and
3: then you know you get a couple of ambulances coming up to the clubs uh you know cuz people are fished out cuz they've taken too much ecstasy and stuff and the next thing you know you know, lawmakers and policymakers are like oh, rave culture is this and that. So yeah, they enacted laws to yeah. to to cut down on Charlotte nightlife. And you know what? Why why would you pay a touring musician to come in and play from one till two or two? I mean, the dope part about it is what the the headliner wouldn't come on till two o'clock, mm-hmm. yeah, and they'd play till like Scene. four. Oh, dude, Scene. you know.
0: Seeing King Brit or Mark Farina or Miles Mehta oh, yeah. at like 4.30 Four, to 6 d- o'clock yeah, the in the best. morning.
3: So somebody asked me. Uh, <laughs>
0: seeing like, the sun come up with their music in the background, especially if you're outside, was crazy.
3: So, yeah, I was just thinking. Somebody asked me the other day, like, like you know, who used to come through and who'd you. I was like, I did a little. I was, did a list of people that I personally. And this is just the people. Read them off. Could, read them off. I don't want to read them off. Um, well, anyway. Yeah. that that Thank I you. personally open for, a lot, some of them on numerous occasions here in Charlotte. in Charlotte. But uh, as mentioned, Mark Farina, Derek Carter, Miguel Miggs, Marcus White, Gene Ferris, LTJ Bookham, James Kurd, DJ Spinner, Maceo, shout out to the homie oh. Maceo. He's one of my best right. friends. De La Soul forever. Uh, Mr. C, Terry Francis, Steve Hurley, Stacy Kidd, Charles Feelgood, Rich Medina, King Britt. Well, Those are just ones I could think of Spinner. off the top of my head. Spinner, yeah, dude. Damn. Spinner was dope. And Mr. C Back in when, there, too. Mr. C, yeah, from The Shaman, dude. He was a dope DJ. I didn't realize he was a dope DJ. Oh, yeah. And uh, very British. Terry Francis, <laughs> dude. Terry Francis, though, tell the truth. I watched that man drink eight or nine pints of Guinness before he played <laughs> and literally destroyed it. <laughs> it didn't even have any effect on him. And I tried to drink with him up until about three drinks. And I was <laughs> like, nah, bro.
1: Like, Some people are just built, especially overseas. We'll dude, fucking just his, different. He's
3: got the biggest hand, b- biggest finger. He's got sausage finger. He's a big dude. Where's but, Terry uh,
0: Francis from? He's from the UK. Okay.
3: And uh, tech house, like proper tech house, like first wave tech house. He was doing just, man, he killed it. Killed it. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, um, playing with dudes that, you know, considered world-class DJs that, that were coming through Charlotte and that all just got shut down because you had to fit the whole night between 10 and 2 mm-hmm. period in the conversation
0: yeah that's what tripped me out I came from Colorado where we had we were still having like 5,000 person raves Yeah. some of them were sponsored by radio stations yeah. and shit like yeah. that and I came here and it was just weird yeah <laughs> like it, it was they'd have the same. they'd have like one DJ at a small tiny ass club which tripped me out the yeah. fact that you had Mark Farina or King Britt at Tonic was just like, what? I just saw him at a 5,000-person rave or 3,000 Yeah, and
3: it's like, you know, 250 people in here packed balls to the wall yeah. partying, though, you know? I like that about Charlotte back then, is that everything was intimate. You could, you know, the DJ was right there.
0: Now, you know? want to hear my cynical part about what I thought when I came to Charlotte? I'm, I've heard it, I'm sure, but... <laughs> 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 Say it for prosperity. It, for I a made bit. a couple of mixtapes because I was like... I don't have to do this because when I came here everything was house music yeah which is great but you can play like Black Sabbath yeah and you could play all these things and nobody was doing that and it just kind of like bugged me out like it didn't I'm not sure if it bugged me, but I was like, Y'all don't have to play this stuff like DJs all the time. You don't have to play DJ music to DJ. Yeah. You can play Rage Against the Machine. You can play Nickelback. You can play Never Yeah, played Nickelback. <laughs> no. Nickelback's you can play easy Nickelback. to hate. Nickelback's easy to hate on, but I don't care. I'll still play it. That's cool. Um it's and all then all you want. can go and then you can go into Beastie Boys and stuff like that. But when I got here, uh in nineteen no, in two thousand, nobody was doing this. Yeah. That really bugged me <laughs> so. yeah well it's kind of funny because 20 year just, old mixtapes what you just along. said
3: is kind of what i'm known for is that you know being able to just effort effortlessly i'll say effort because it's not there's not much effort for it for me but just blend in between styles and genres within the same set you yeah. know um
0: but were you known for that like 19, no. 18 See, no, years but, ago? No, so that's you... not what
3: I was known for. Like I said, I was an elitist back then, but I had to reinvent myself because I didn't want to play at the Epicenter. I didn't want to play at the Music Factory because I didn't want to be dictated to what I had to play. So I made my own space. I was one of the first dudes to be playing in restaurants and lounges. People weren't playing in restaurants and lounges. Everybody that's was true. trying to play in a club and I was just like, hey, i am you know, be dope if people weren't having to listen to this music that I used to put together in your, <laughs> <laughs> in your bar and you can have a live element. And uh, you know, so I stepped out of that space and I was just like, I'm gonna do my own thing in my own lane and uh, was one of the first dudes to be playing at breweries was one of the, like, you know, so because DJs weren't traditionally looking to be in those spaces. So mm. I was trying to be in spaces for my own thing where there was n- no competition. You know, there weren't people trying to cut. And then you were doing the same thing. You were doing, you had gotten in. Uh, was a with was Steeple. Yeah, well, That's Steeple, we were, I was at Steeple. Now you had gotten in good with the uh, the M5 Zinc, uh, oh, yeah. the Harpers group.
0: That was a whole house music. Yeah,
3: yeah. But um, well, until I got there, because I started playing down tempo and soul and yeah. classic soul and stuff. Um, but, you know, letting those dudes be cut through, with each other and trying to get these club residencies. I just left that I left that alone. Um and yeah. plus what nobody trying to pay to hear me bang out like dope house music. They wanted, you know
0: That was the know. thing too though, like when I went to the epicenter and all these other places and um what for the Greeks and whatnot. Yeah. After Steve, L- I didn't try to get those gigs. They just came.
3: Yeah. It came to me. I haven't dude, I the funny thing I haven't I haven't I haven't tried to get a gig and that's good. 10 right. years man it's like i just answer phone calls <laughs> we were just
1: talking about that the last episode we were, yeah, wrong. We were. Like, like i mean don't try I, I, too hard I, yeah don't try too hard don't don't overstep don't like it'll come if, it you're, will good, come. if you're good it'll if you're come. good they'll come find mm-hmm. you yeah no matter where you're at you.
3: yeah my my i've been playing for almost 30 years i just got my best uh thing uh something new happened to me in the dj business uh the guys at QC Social uh, wanna they, they kind of wanted to reinvent their their nights a little bit because they were like man you know we don't want, we want to do something like more mature and not just tra- not trash EDM but just not just commercial EDM and stuff like that we want to do some stuff with proper house and they were like what are you doing on Thursday nights so I'm like oh, man you know I play on Thursday nights and they were like what are you playing I'm like I you know I have a gig already from uh, like you know seven till eleven or eight to 11. They were like, well, that's awesome because we, we want you to play at midnight <laughs> and we only want you to do an hour set, you know, Did midnight to one. Long. And in a lineup of DJs, we kind of want you to be at the apex of this thing and then we'll have somebody, you know, close it out. And I was like, you know, uh, whatever, and 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 they were, what's your rate? And they were like, and I was like, you know, I told them and they, and they were like, well, we'll pay you 50% more than your rate just because it's only for an hour. Yeah. And I was like, I was like for an, I was like oh, so you going to pay me this much to come in and play for I was like. Cool, but you know, Thursday nights downtown is get it's kind of a big night. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on, college and stuff. And I just, I, don't, I just didn't want to deal with having to come down here and deal with parking and stuff. And they were like, We will give you a parking spot right in front of the door <laughs> every and I, so they got me with that parking. Is the they best. got me with parking, it wasn't the money, it wasn't anything. It was <laughs> I
0: have never negotiated parking. <laughs> I that is a new, offered level. It, bruh.
3: I was when they, they <laughs> Still. I was like, I was like, they were throwing stuff on the table, and I was like, Okay, money's good, this, that, know, but like, I don't. Don't want to have to deal with like paying for ten dollars yep. parking, and I was like, "Oh, you mean you're gonna have some cones right out here in the front?" I literally walk. I walk in with my thumb drive and my headphones because they got is... like CDJ three thousand. Everything's, everything's like state of the art in there, and I just go blop, play an hour, and roll out.
0: This is some new inspiration <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah, this is some slide. new level shit. I was, hey man, that was do. a
3: level up. I thought you know, I mean, you never you can always level up.
1: So so Courtney, now when you talk to these uh, places to get us booked, um <laughs> parking? No.
2: Honestly. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but honestly, that's what it's going to come
3: yeah, to. Because uh,
2: there's no parking anymore.
3: No, yeah. there's, there's no not, parking there's, there's no not, parking anywhere. There's really not.
0: Noda, oh I gotta I had to walk I measured it at one point, point six tenths of a mile, yeah. over yeah. half a mile no. to get to my gig one time. Have I was what? Passed. I've had to do it, oh, bro. Yeah. I've had to Noda do it. Noda is the worst it place is to park. Horrible. It is. is horrible. That's why I uh say if I own property in Charlotte, I build a parking garage. Yeah, park I mean it's,
3: it's great. I mean, um, you know, everybody's complaining. Like Plaza Mill was the same way uh, as far as parking, but I've been man, I've been blessed in Plaza Mill. But I, I know a couple of uh, a proprietors <laughs> that are like, you can park here. Uh, it's like we'll have yep. everybody else towed. But it's luckily when you got your face on the back of your car, like it's, that's <laughs> yeah. the, they, I remember like, that. Damn, that's Smitty's car. Right? That's a yeah,
4: new, that's like, a new like, level. I gotta remember that too. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Yeah, so, all right, so every week here we do a this or that. Yeah, they don't Give you two options. Yeah, you got to pick yeah, one. Right. No in-between. Some people would like to, no, I don't know. you got to choose one. All right, that's it. That's, our only, that's the only right. thing. Um, Forrest for has your question. It's cool.
0: CDJ or turntable?
1: Never choose,
3: like, period.
0: Yeah, just one or the other. CDJ or turntable?
3: I would have to say CDJ. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I would love to play on vinyl all the time, but I don't care. I'm 54 years old, yeah. getting ready to be
0: 54 years old. That makes sense. Plus, you can get all those things ripped to CDJ. Bruh, I just told you. <laughs> I dumb <won>. question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Way to go, Miss yeah, Way to let's, let's drop the ball on that one. Okay, Chicago house or French house?
3: Jeez, man. You're taking the glove. Are uh, you going to get progressively more? Like,
0: <laughs> no, some of them will be easy. You want me jump to an easier one? No, 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 no. no <laughs> it <mean, laughs>
3: says that you have, choose, um, you have to choose. You have one. to choose. You one. choose one. If you have to choose, I'm going to have to say Chicago House on a whole, but you can't beat that French House sound. Yeah, But French House is just, Chicago, is just a certain bit of Chicago House. Done in France.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. All right, defective records or nervous records?
3: I have to say, I have to say, nervous for back catalog. All
4: right,
0: Paul Johnson or DJ Sneak.
3: God rest in peace, Paul. Um, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say, these are Paul. dope house DJs. I'm, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say. Paul, no offense, Sneak, you know, homie, I, I love you. Um, you know, House Mafia all the way, but Paul Johnson had a little bit more soul. Okay, just a little mm, bit.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I like a lot of DJ Sneak stuff because you can loop it endlessly no. and it'll blend. You can blend like four well, of his yeah, tracks together. yeah, because it's really tracky. It's really yeah, yeah it, So they're tools for DJs. It, more is, than it tracks. really
3: is a tool. It's but um. You know, Paul Johnson.
0: Here's a song. Here's a song. You know, Brighter Days. Yeah, of course. Is that Doge? Who sings that? I can't remember. Um, is that? I'll have to look it up. Okay, Brighter Days or Hard Drive Deep Inside. Deep,
3: deep inside. Deep, deep inside. Really? Deep inside. Like that one? Yeah, man. <laughs> I like the
0: dub version. I'm sorry. I'm nerding yeah, out that's on prob- this shit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <probably, laughs> that's probably
3: the version that I'm thinking about. Deep. Is, oh, yeah, is my that kid one, loves who, Yeah, the, the, oh, man, that. That slaps,
0: I don't know why it is it so dope. dirty
3: it's dirty, and underground is unloved. Uh, who sampled it didn't uh, Kanye. Kanye West yeah even would you know that song if it wasn't for Kanye that. West well
1: i always go back and look at every sample
0: all right, cool the look up the dub version of that mm. of deep inside I
1: never owned a Kanye record, <laughs> not
0: one. Mm.
3: I've downloaded through a few the wire. Tracks. I mean, uh, come on, uh, dude. College dropout. I listened to. Never owned a copy of it. It's the uh, late registration. I listened to. Never owned a copy of it. And I stopped checking for him after both of the, after the, after that record.
0: I have a the version wire. of "Through the Wire" that goes from Shock uh, Khan mm-hmm. and pitches heard up that. to it.
3: I've heard it. so now. I've heard and have purchased individual Kanye tracks to play at gigs, but. Um, he just, as an artist, it's not somebody I check for.
0: I don't think I have the records either. Yeah. All right. Uh, toilet paper. Uh, towards the front or towards the back? The front. Over, <laughs> over, <under, all> right. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck? I'll, he I'll, says I'll it love, like so I'll, like, yeah, what love. the fuck is wrong with yeah. you?
1: <laughs> we asked that. So we asked everyone that question, right? Yeah. Everybody says front. There's one person we've had on this. And we always got to tell but them. We, we have to tell everyone. And she actually works here. Huga, And she said Under.
3: Uh, yes. Yeah. Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'. Krispy Kreme, hot donut
1: sign. Yes. like yes. always. Because breaks change your whole trajectory in life. And it's a, and it's a North right. Carolina thing.
0: <clears throat> Would you flip a coin to win twenty to possibly win twenty dollars, or let me give you ten dollars? I'd let you give me ten bucks. All right. Cool.
1: You said that on a low scale. <laughs> Usually I go like million to. Fifty million. So I can either walk, (laughs) I can either walk with fifty or walk with nothing. No, it'd be, dude. I would take the fifty million any second. I can give you a million or, no, what was it? I can give you a million or you can flip a coin for fifty or something like that. And so I can have a million
3: guaranteed or I can either get fifty or nothing. Yep, a million. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But okay, what what about this two dollar bill? If I flip it, you get a two dollar bill, or or I can just give you a one dollar bill. I'll take the flip for a two, because we see, don't talk about of the lower a
3: scale. dollar. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I have <laughs> a dollar. I'm flipping
1: for that fifty mil.
3: You know, I'm. I I'm, I'm, <laughs> don't have the mil. Yeah, and but you don't have the fifty either. Right, so right. I'm telling, I'm, I would take the, the mil. Guaranteed mil. Big, well, yeah. I mean, I'm. All, I I all can't right. un. I can't divorce myself from thinking about the fact that I have. Wife and kids. Yeah. And I'll take that million over a 50 any day. I'm taking
2: the bill because I know what I can do with it. Yeah. Yeah, you can flip it.
3: I don't know what I can do with it. I like to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Here's where we
0: get a little deeper though. Okay. Would you rather win $25 or have your, for you, yeah, I've got a bunch of those $2 bills for my kids, my kid. Yeah. (laughs) So. You can win $25 or your friend can win $100. Who are you going to choose?
1: I rather my friend win 100 bucks.
3: All right. Good yeah. Guy. Good yeah. Guy.
1: yeah. Without a doubt.
0: So, should I hit him with the real fucked up question? Oh god, not the puppies one. Okay, well, uh. I, I put a, I put a spin on that puppies one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here. Force is always going to he's these intricate.
2: Right, Would you a, rather a, die.
0: A, or? A, because Courtney's here. I, I I put a I put a fucked up spin on this one here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So getting into your car, would you rather fight 100 puppies to the death or one person?
3: To the death?
0: A random one person. Yes. You either have to fight 100 puppies to death to get in your car (laughs) or you got to fight one random person to death to get in your car.
3: I would call an Uber.
0: (laughs) I'll accept that. That is totally acceptable, even though we've never allowed anybody to do that. Never. Uh, okay. Oh god. Do you have anything else?
1: RIP those puppies though, man. You
0: guys
3: got Jeez, anything else want to talk about? Though? I think after like ten you just yeah <laughs> <laughs> you feel so bad crying. though too.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. oh God. I could that never. such a fucked up question.
1: Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a dog person, so uh, I man, just bruh, can't. I
3: could, Like, really, yeah. Especially
1: like, puppies. Puppies.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's not even but you would not it's... pick
0: the random person, because what if it happened to be one of your fucking kids that you had to fight?
3: Or one of somebody else's
0: <laughs>
1: kids, or just, it's just a person.
3: Yeah. I, can't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, a you know, person, see? I signed up for. The
0: first time Or we were...
1: Mike Tyson, and you just died.
0: Uh, first time I had to ask this question. Everybody in the room picked they'd rather kill one random person or something. Yeah, well, I'm like, y'all fucked up. I couldn't. <laughs> y'all are I, yeah, so fucked. I signed
3: up for that once in well, life. Well, you didn't it as uh,
1: we, sorry. <laughs> well, you didn't say that. You said it as more of the like the automatic thing. Not you have to fight somebody.
0: Okay, yeah, but even if it was automatic, well, it's let's different. go deep into this. Oh, God, see, here we go. (laughs) Like 100 random puppies or one random person, you don't know who it is. You're still going to choose that random person? No, I didn't say that. I said the puppies. Oh, you weren't here that day. No, you asked again,
1: and I backlogged and said puppies. (laughs)
0: That's right. The first time I asked it, they all chose 100 puppies. I was like, y'all some fucked up people in this room. (laughs) I thought I was the crazy one. Whatever. Well, you know, you can always
3: pull a Cruella and make you a jacket after you killing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. like all the puppies. I think
0: Aswell had the best answer for this. You got to go back and listen to Aswell's answer for it. Uh, I'll have to. Yeah, this <laughs> was to. good. He actually changed his mind. <laughs> changed Courtney's mind for sure. All right, would you uh, rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest? Funniest. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. what Would you guys choose?
2: I don't, I'm already be, I don't ever both. I don't ever want to slice the humble pie over here.
1: you yeah, <laughs> be the smartest
2: person in the room.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: that is that does suck. But the thing is, a lot of comedians are insanely smart. No, that's no, no. Makes so if so you're so funny, fun, that's
3: that. That was a loaded answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. if <laughs> very the much. Funniest person in the room. You have to have a certain level of intelligence.
0: Yeah, I mean, the smartest person in the room might you be,
3: might not be funny. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the, the the funniest person in the room is definitely going to be smart.
0: Yeah. yeah. Who do you think's funnier, Bill Gates or uh, who's that guy from Apple,
1: Steve
3: Jobs? Steve Steve Jobs. Well, one of them's
0: dead. <laughs> well, he's, so not, he's obviously not funny, not funny anymore. anymore. but <laughs> In a lifetime, well, yeah, that that could be hilarious. I don't know. If You're a horrible person.
1: <laughs> I'll say Gates looks funnier. I thought <laughs> Jobs is probably too seri- more serious than. Yeah. 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 Uh, and gets, Elon doesn't even have humor I think he just thinks about smart shit all day Did yeah, you see
0: I saw some I don't want to get into it Never mind okay, yeah, let's I'm not see. getting any Elon Musk shit in his kid nowadays
1: <laughs> Nowadays <laughs> no, there's Canceled on this guy. one too Yeah
0: yeah. His uh, kid Okay I'm going to say it I'm going to edit it out His kid Is filing something like that be transgender And dropping he, like something against Elon yeah, Musk Yeah
1: because he's against transgender Yeah I think Mm,
0: anyway, Some political bullshit. Yeah, we don't do just,
3: politics. I just, yeah, I don't do politics ever. Mm-mm. I'm I, I have I don't have enough time to be against anything, and I know the depth of my own reactionary, so I don't judge anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah.
1: And with politics, I was having a conversation with friends the don't other fuck day. The politics. You get people that are too far either way, Yeah and they don't have any like moderate thoughts. Yeah On just, anything yeah. So it's like How can you Think you're so right This way or this way And you don't see Anything in the middle Well yeah. it doesn't matter Like Whether yeah. Whether You're right Or you're wrong Just really Just I mean
3: None of grand it
0: just doesn't matter None around. of it matters it really doesn't. It's all just a big joke uh, this is all
1: ridiculous. Know, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Forces our phone calls. <laughs> that's about what they sound like in case you didn't know. No, <laughs> I
0: do not. I do yeah. not go deep no, on that's that shit. When, no, that's,
1: no, I'm just saying in general, that's when you just start fading. You're like,
0: oh, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> just, like, who cares? Yeah, who like, cares? Oh, my God. What did I call you for again? Somebody, like, I
3: remember one time somebody told me that uh, – Forrest was like the human
0: Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Somebody told <laughs> you. Wow. That's I've only yeah. heard that like a thousand, a thousand times. No, I, mean, yes. I, I
1: do remember like that. That's the well. greatest <laughs> comparison I've ever heard in my yeah, life. You never
0: thought of that or heard nah, of Nah,
1: because I just... I forget about Eeyore sometimes, but that's funny. Yeah. yeah gotta
0: well, go do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I guess. <sighs> yeah. Yo, that's so fucking funny. I'm saving your contact now as Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <There's>
0: <laughs> like, oxygen going into my lungs for yeah. some dumb reason.
1: Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> I can't Lost. believe we're talking right now.
0: Uh, God invented the giraffe. <laughs> what the fuck was he thinking? <laughs> 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 Nothing else has a neck that long anywhere Yeah. unless you believe in dinosaurs. But, um,
3: <laughs> so yeah, there's that for us.
0: <sighs> oh, so where can we meet you? Where find you? Find see you? me? Um, yeah. Okay. Social. So,
3: um, you can find me at, uh, pretty much anywhere as that guy Smitty. Um, Facebook, that guy Smitty, Instagram, that guy Smitty. I don't tweet, um, I have a Twitter, it's that guy Smitty. I'm not active on Twitter. Um, I'm barely active on, um, <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram. I've been admonished by several people about my lack of social media presence. <laughs> it that's, does not come natural that's to me. It's a good me. thing. It yeah. doesn't come natural to me. It's like it's not the first thing on my forefront is not to take pictures and prove what I'm doing other people <laughs> it's like i'm doing it i was wondering
0: know? where your picture your low grade picture of uh, your common market breakfast was today and i'm disappointed yeah going i don't online, i mean man. like
3: i don't think that that stuff like i don't care what you're eating i don't care <laughs> what you're drinking um you know um i want to hear your music if it's good um i want to see your art if it's good i engage more on instagram okay so during the pandemic, when all of us performing people were sitting around our house, not showering and shaving and <laughs> stuff, uh, you know, I...
0: That's my every day.
3: I was blessed with, with discovering a love for photography. Um, I've always... So I've been collecting old cameras for a long time just for the aesthetic because I think they look cool and, and right, cool little machines. And, I, you know, in my little studio at home, I have them up on the shelves. Well, I was out thrift shopping during the pandemic and I found a uh, Polaroid SX70, one of the original folding Polaroids at a thrift store for 20 bucks and I was like there's no way this thing's going to work. So, I went and bought a pack of film for it and the minute the film ejected and developed, I had instant flashbacks to when I was a kid and Polaroids were a big thing in the 80s and the 70s and it was it it just triggered something and so Went bought another pack of film, and then I started pulling some of the other Polaroids I had on the shelves down and 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 going. I've never put film in this. Let me, and so and now, um, yeah. I I only started. Somebody was like, "What are you doing with all these Polaroids?" Back like last December, and uh, I was like, "Man, you know, I'm just uh, you know, I got like i put them in a box and I pull them out from under the bed and I just like look through them and stuff." Like you need to be sharing them with people, so I started a polaroid instagram site and uh just to post it to show a couple of people the pictures that i was taking um
0: what's the name of it
3: is that guy's polaroids
0: cool because this is the best part of the show so far (laughs) for Uh, me honestly this is (laughs) like i'm super
3: engaged and so in just just since june um it's weird i've had i've had polaroid Proper parent company uh, Repost pictures of mine. Polaroid Asia. I just started it in December. Totally, uh, 180 posts. I've got over 1,200 followers. Uh, that that like or I've I've been featured by Bigs Camera as their. Uh, Analog uh, feature of the week. Um, I've had uh, the Light Factory ask me when I'm ready to show and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> photographer. Yeah. You yeah. are a photographer. Well, I see. It took me 20 see, years to say I was a DJ. Yeah, but you well, because like, a yeah, um, I imposter syndrome. I know people who are photo- photographers who who have made their life work out of it and have you know strive to. To, to reach certain metrics and people are just like offering me these things that other people have worked for for something that basically was a placeholder for creativity because I couldn't do music and, and it became a second passion I mean like I'm not gonna lie photography is definitely my side bitch like music is my main piece and uh the cool thing is is also um I've had several pieces that people have been like "Yo, man, i gonna use that for, for my album cover i actually have a piece that has been used for album cover that's actually out and stuff and uh so yeah um
0: some people are just natural things one of my best friend is an amazing photographer and he's photographed everybody you know
3: i had a photographer come up to me and explain and tell me they were like yo man your composition and your understanding of the of the principle of thirds and stuff is really good and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know. I just pushed the buttons. I was like, I look yeah, through the hole, the and if I see something dope, I push I pull the trigger, and that's it. I don't have any understanding of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing what you I'm doing. I just know that it's right. And I know uh, I see something I like,
1: and if I like it, I'll shoot it. That's the beauty of it, though. It's yeah. like, amazing. You don't have to look at it through like a – professional way. You can look at it through your but own way. I will
3: tell you, Polaroid has definitely made me more intentional before I pull the trigger. When you got a phone and you can just burst like a hundred pictures and yeah. pick the best one, it's one thing when you got eight shots and you have to start thinking about lighting and how the, you know, I'm very cognizant of what kind of lights around and stuff. Cause I've taken enough bad pictures with Polaroids and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I have people all the time. Man, how can you afford to shoot Polaroid? And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I charge a lot of money to DJs. So. <laughs> 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 it all works like, out. It all works out. And if I need film, the next client's paying for it. You know, uh, that's what's up. But uh, it's a it's a passion I can't afford, and I do. And and but I have in my time become a lot more intentional. And, um, and thoughtful about when I pull the trigger, what light does work, what exposure does work, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, trial and error, like anything else.
0: Do you think you would have been able to do that like 30 years ago?
3: No, I wouldn't. I didn't even know. I, I, I didn't know that I even cared about photography until it was the only thing I had to do with my time. You know, during the pandemic, it was, you know, my wife's a school teacher and, um, we have, so I have all three of my kids, my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter living with me, there's seven of us in the house and it was the first time in my entire relationship where everybody was just at the house at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, because even when she's off during the summer, they're always at the beach, stuff. but nobody could go anywhere, so we're just all sitting in the house together. And my wife was starting to ask me questions that she never asked me before, like, are you gonna take a shower today? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been four days, we have on the same shirt and T-shirt and uh, stuff mm-hmm. and that, you know. It gave me something to do with my mm. head and my mind. And uh, it's something I could do by myself, and I didn't have to be around people. You know, I could just ground shoot. And, and it was cool. And, and be so, artistic. Yeah, and now I keep that thing on me at all times. <laughs> um, <clears throat> camera.
0: Awesome. I didn't know this. Did you know this, Courtney? What else do you know, I know about a him? Bit of him? What else do you know about that we got to drag out of him?
2: He um, hit on a lot of it um, Air Force. Uh, um what I don't remember this. Okay, as far as your past prior to DJing yeah. music instruments. Uh no. Um I no drum machines. I
3: I I didn't pick okay. up my first instrument but and my first instrument was a drum machine and it was because I, I've been DJing for a while and then Richie Harton came out with this mixed Dex Effects of nine oh nine where he was mixing and had, you know, drum machine going and effects rack and it was incredible it was you know it was it was beautiful and i was like gotta give me a drum machine you know and uh so i started programming beats on drum machines and i still don't consider myself a a musician or even a producer even though i've got like a few remixes out and some and a record out i'm in a band called Chacho with jason herring the great jason herring uh but um You know, check out Jason Heron and Mystery Plan. Uh, But we have a a project called Muchacho that came out uh, eight years ago now, and he's ready to do a new one. So I'm trying to get my head back around uh, the whole production and making beats and stuff uh, thing again. But most of the time I I I usually work with a proper, you know, trained musician because I can can lay down beats, bass lines, grooves, and establish a key, you know, some – you know, couple pads this and the other, um, but I very rarely break out of loop mode. I need somebody who is who is a musician to to come in and and I mean I can I can arrange and and um, and and compose and mix uh, music once all the components are there, like a champ because I know mm-hmm. what I want to hear. I know what I like to hear. Know it sounds good, might not even technically know, sort of like with photography, what I'm doing, but the end result sounds like I want it to sound, and that's all that's really important, yeah. you know. Um, all right, dope. yeah,
0: well, thank you, appreciate you being appreciate here, Smitty. Can- oh,
3: man. Yeah. I feel like that was the most random, uh, however long that was, a topic. I don't think- <laughs> ah, it was beautiful, oh, it was no, I enjoyed yeah. it, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what it's here for. We, it. we got a platform,
1: we talk about everything here, not just, yeah, DJing shit. we try to.
0: When Roché is here, we don't nerd out this much, though. <laughs> I hate to he say won't, it. He won't allow it. <laughs> we don't. I well, loved it. Appreciate Smitty,
3: it. we appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Much respect to everybody on the table. Radical Grove. Keep doing your thing. It's dope. You know, I pitch it for for them all the time. You know, Courtney knows he can call me. I'll yes, go sir. in. You know, I don't have to be on the roster. I'm sort of a an affiliate member. I'm, I'm radical adjacent. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> yes you are we appreciate you brother thank you so much thank you yeah peace